What's up, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and S podcast. This is episode 18. Um, we're back. Uh, was gone for a little bit. About a week and a half was my last episode, episode 17. Um, kind of like explained my movement situation, but now I'm kind of back to a more of a consistent flow. So... Like I said, a lot going on. We got a stack show for today. I'm recording this uh, on Tuesday. So yeah, we got a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Um, like I said, the FIBA World Cup just started uh, last weekend, so I'm gonna get into that. Also, I'm gonna get into the, um, like I said, I mentioned in the last episode, the uh, New England um, top 100 list. For the class of 2020, we'll get into that list. Um, last week we got into um, 100 through 80, or eight. Excuse me, I always say it backwards. 80 through 100. So we, I got into uh, you know the the top players out of the, out of the out of those um, out of the series of those players. And then uh, this week we're gonna get into uh, 60 through 80. And we'll probably, I picked about five players that I that I really um, thought were impressive, you know, with my study. And I did a did a lot of work uh, did a lot of work getting into uh, the footage of all these players and breaking them down and their their strengths and weaknesses. Um, I posted on the website uh, probably a couple of days ago um, the eighty through one hundred the whole list for that. So if you want to check out the whole list, you got to visit my website, rimsandnets.com. I'll spell it out. R I M S double N E T S, uh, com. So visit that when you can, or just do a simple Google search. Simple Google search is probably the fastest way to get on there. Um, cause it's, it's a lot more easy to get through, through that then just type it in sometimes you know it might not come up but if you go through the google search it'll probably come up more faster so just you can just like same thing google search uh rims and nets r-i-m-s uh and sign n-e-t-s you just search that or search rims and nets podcast whatever i mean each each uh cat each um listing will come up on google and my website will pop up i'll be under uh your local hub for uh, new england sports is the listing that it's under you just click on that and my website will pop up so yeah so i i got that whole list on there for the uh at least for the portion of the 80 through 100 of that list so yeah go check it out you know as soon as you get a chance it's definitely, definitely in depth. You know, just basically the strengths and weaknesses of those players. So yeah, we're gonna get into a few players for sixty through eighty. Uh, I'll do that later on in the show. And also, uh, I mentioned in the last episode, um, also we'll start a top ten list for the top, you know, D one colleges in New England that I think are gonna be the best teams in the area. So I will pretty much do it by probably three, you know, 
three teams, four teams at a time. So this week we'll do 10 through 8. And I'll get into that also later on in the show. But for right now, like let's get into the FIBA World Cup because a lot has definitely um, transpired within the past couple of days. Um, obviously, we get into the United States struggling today against Turkey. Though I mean, that was a close one. They had to go to OT just to just to um, get out of that and get get a victory. I mean, you know, also Jason Tatum did, did have an uh, injury. He got hurt. He had a nice game, by the way. He was really balling out there. Uh, Middleton all that also had a good game along with Kimba Walker, Miles Turner. They also all chipped in and had a pretty solid game. And then obviously for the Turkish side, I thought Seti Osman did really, really well. He plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. I thought he's very good for Turkey. You know, Ersan Sova also played a very good game as well. He plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. So they got they got some uh, some NBA talent on that Turkish team. So they definitely challenged them. It's gonna be. It's like this tournament's gonna be. It's gonna. It's gonna definitely test the United States because they don't. I mean, they're obviously not as deep as they are, have been in years. So, I mean, this is the one roster. I feel like they're probably the weakest that they've ever been. So now, you know, you got teams that pretty much stack their roster with you know Euro League and NBA talent and the best of the best of those countries. I mean, I don't really see. Uh, many guys dropping out for uh, Greece or Serbia or any of those top tier teams. We'll also get into that as well. Get into like what team can really, I would say, challenge if not beat United States because they were definitely tested today. Like they had a really scratch and claw just to get this one. It was not easy. They, I mean, Turkey really competed and and fought throughout the whole entire game. It was never really like a you know, a way that it was never really gotten to double digits, never really gotten to the point where you thought they were going to pull away. They just really just stayed with them the entire game. And, and I think they won the last two quarters. They won the um, third and fourth quarter. So it took everything they can just to get into overtime. It took free throws for them to win the game from uh, Chris Middleton. So they just got the win. Um, they also beat Czech Republic in the first game. That game was pretty wasn't really close, but there was times I felt like, damn, like, uh, what's what's that? Where's that uh, that that punch that you're used to with the United States teams or U.S. teams, where they are just absolutely just dominating the other team, and the talent is just overwhelming, where they're just flexing their muscles and just just beating them in all levels of the game. I mean, these guys, these teams are uh, matching up with them pretty well. I felt like there was some. There was some weak spots in the in the Czech Republic game. Uh, Thomas Sadarzinski, that plays for the Washington Wizards, had a really good showing in that one. Uh, he was leading his country, so but really that was really never. They really didn't have enough depth to really stay with the United States in that one. But for the Turkey definitely, without a doubt, that was definitely a winnable game for sure. So I mean, I don't know. And then obviously, you know, if you look at all the, you know. You know, across the entire state uh, groups, and you know, there's like there's a, this it's, a, it's 32 teams all together. So if you haven't been keeping up, it's and it's tough to really like uh, find the games to stream the games. Um, well, I've been able to I've been able to find out how to stream it. 
if anyone wants to know, like it's you basically have to have an ESPN Plus package to stream the games, which that's like the online service where you can stream um, sports, other sporting events. Like they have like a, a long list of sporting events you can you can stream on there, and they happen to cover the FIBA World Cup this year. So, so yeah, I was able to f- find out how to stream that. I had, I looked it up and everything, and I was like, all right. And it's it, it's 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 fairly inexpensive. It's it's four ninety nine a month. You can cancel any time. It's not a con- a contract or anything. So if anyone's in, wants interested in streaming all the games. To keep up with all the teams in the United States, because that's like pretty much the only way you can watch it. I don't think the United States uh, is playing on ESPN or anything. Then you just pay the four ninety nine, you get ESPN Plus, and then you know obviously when it's, you know FIBA World Cup's over, you can easily just cancel it or whatever. It's up to you, but yeah. So that's how I've been being able to keep up with that. And I, I watched the uh, watched binged a few of the games. Um caught my eyes just how good some of these teams outside of just Turkey and it's just going to be tough like t- just even today um Greece which I feel like I thought was one of the favorites they lost today so it was an upset against uh they were playing against Brazil and uh Brazil gave them everything man and uh, I was surprised like they would lose to Brazil Greece is an older team just like Brazil, so maybe that's probably why they had somewhat of, somewhat of you know, that was somewhat of the equalizer. Besides, you know, you know, Greek free playing for Greece, which that's that's another story that I got to get into. Like, I, I see some things that's really not right with that Greece team. And, you know, obviously, um, a lot of these uh, Euroleague teams, uh, I wouldn't say Euroleague teams, but a lot of these national teams, they have players that have been playing with the national team for, like, they've been playing together for a good while now. And it just feels like there's a, a disconnect between them and, and Ghanis. So, it's, it's, you know, Ghanis only had 13 this game, and he only had, what, 12 the other game? Like, he pretty, you know, not MVP numbers. You would think he would dominate in the, against, you know, like he's probably the best athlete that's there out there. There's really no one that can really guard him one-on-one in, in a one-on-one situation. And it's just, it's been, you can tell it's, a, it's not, it's like no chemistry between, you know, him and, and his teammates and it, it shows. But, but like I said, I think, yeah, and I feel like that had a lot to do with them losing today because, like, they only scored, what, 79 points, like, 78 points. It was, like, the score was 79 to 78. And that's, like, compared to, like, teams like Serbia and Lithuania that are scoring a lot of points. I Granted, they didn't play a tough opponent like Brazil. I'm not saying Brazil is a bad team or anything, but I feel like Greece is slightly better than them. They should be able to able to win that by five or ten points going away with the depth that they had on that team. Like, they have a very, very deep team. And I just think Brazil's more of an aging team. You know, you know their best player is Anderson Varejao, which Anderson is not playing in the NBA anymore. He's been out of the league for the past couple of years now. And, you know, also their second best player is Barboza. They have a few other, you know, guys that play for their country that are pretty decent players that played in, you know, 
maybe AC, ACB or EuroLeague type, you know, European professional leagues. But, I mean, they just they, they just couldn't really have the best rhythm that they possibly could have. I feel like, um, you know, ideally they should be running the offense through Giannis and then, you know, playing through him. But they, I feel like they, they're really running the offense through the more of the elder players on the team, like Nick Kalathis, and and they have a guy that's uh, Nick Kalathis. He played for uh, uh, way back in the day. He played for Florida Gators. I remember he played for the for them back in the day. Uh, never made it to the NBA. Ended up playing Euroleague for the rest of his career. And you know a lot of the other players that play in the Euroleague that that like I said that they played together for a long time. And like I say, you just you could just see the disconnect. I mean, I think they benched benched them like the last play of the game on defense. I was just like, okay, like that's that's definitely like I mean. We all know Giannis is one of the better defensive players in the NBA. Why would you? Why would you bench him? I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just it's it's definitely a huge disconnect with that team, and they end up losing because of it. You know, I just think you 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 know, yeah, your best player. You you run the offense through him, and then you do or die. You know, you spread them out with shooters. They have pretty good shooters. Uh, why would you just do that? I think that'd be more deadlier offense than kind of running it through. Uh, their other players, but nevertheless, um, yeah. So like going back to the United States, I mean, they're going to have a tough task, um, dealing with a lot of these, you know, more, um, skillful type teams that have a lot of chemistry with each other. I think Serbia has been the most impressive team by far. Like they blown out the, you know, they're two and oh in group play and they blew out both both of their opponents in the first two games. They obviously have Nikola uh, Jokic, which, you know, we all know how good he is. And then they have uh, their second best player is uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic, which plays for the Sacramento Kings. So, I mean, they, they're pretty stacked. They got a few guys that have, you know, kind of been drafted but never really played in the NBA, but they're still solid players. They played in EuroLeague and the top, you know, European professional leagues and they're pretty good man like they're they 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 got a stack they got a deep team they had they had a few injuries and they're still pretty still pretty deep they also have um the other guy uh Betalesia that plays I don't think he plays for the Timberwolves but he did play for the Timberwolves a couple years ago or I don't know what team he plays for right now but I, I he plays in the NBA I know for sure he plays in the NBA or he might have went to early I'm not too I'm not really 100% I Last thing, last I seen him play was in, he was playing for Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. So far as I know, I think he's not playing with them anymore, but that's a number NBA player. So they got, and then they also have Boban. So, you know, they, their sizes, they're an enormous team. They have like three, seven footers on the team. And it's just like, I mean, United States only has one seven footer. That's Miles Turner. So just imagine the size advantage right there. And then you obviously, you know, you've seen what Turkey did today. And then you have Lithuania. Their size is, is enormous as well with Valentunas and Sabonis. And, you know, they got a few nice, you know, European uh, European players. And I got to, I mean, uh, if you remember the interview I had with uh, uh, my friend uh, Darte Ruffin, that he plays, 
Uh, he plays for a European league. He plays for the Swedish league. I don't know if he really played some against some of these players, but as um, far as I know, like these guys are very like they're very they're they're not the most athletic players that I've noticed. You know, watching these games, but they're very good shooters. They're very fundamentally sound. They don't they don't make mistakes. You know, and the experience comes with that, of course. A lot of these guys that are playing on these national teams have been playing for years, and they've been playing together on those same national teams. So the chemistry, you could tell, you could see the ball movement. It is, it's, it's very beautiful basketball to watch, especially the teams like Serbia. They, they, they're very connected. Turkey's very connected. Lithuania is very connected. They like, you can just tell that they've been gelling for a long time, and they've been playing together for a long time. I see that a lot with Spain as well. In Spain, they had a little little struggle against Puerto Rico, but they were able to win that game. I don't think Spain is as strong as they normally are. You know, normally they had the Casal brothers. Now they only have Marcus and he's aging. He's not the same guy that he once was. Rubio's like their best player. And as far as I know, they're they're still good. They're two and zero right now in group play, but I don't see them winning it. I think I, if I had to say a favorite. It's either going to come down to the United States or, or, or Serbia or Lithuania. Those are probably my top three favorites. And obviously what Greece did today, I, I mean, I had, them, I had them up there, but it looks like they're pretty vulnerable. It looks like they have some chemistry issues with their team. So, And then keep an eye on France as well. I mean, I thought France's defense was really good against Germany. Germany's now 0-2, so it's kind of a, you know, I wouldn't say that that game's kind of a wash. You can't really tell. But they were really locking down Germany early in that game that I was able to um, catch that game over the weekend. I mean, I thought they really played really good defense against Dennis Schroeder, which, you know, he also plays for the German team. You know, we all know Dennis Schroeder plays for the OKC Thunder. So they really was really just tying it up. Gobert was really good. Rudy Gobert, he plays for France. Um... Obviously, they don't have Tony Parker. I remember Tony Parker played there for years, but they they still have, they have Rudy Gobert. They have Evan Fournier, which he plays for the Orlando Magic. So a lot of good NBA talent on that team. So they're pretty deep as well. So that, I would say probably the top top teams that really could challenge the United States would probably be Serbia, probably have to be Lithuania, and. Probably France. Those are probably the three teams I feel like really would challenge the United States and really give them probably a game to the point that they probably might end up beating them because they're just they're gonna really ha- they have a lot of th- lot of advantages. When, particularly with the size advantage is probably the one thing that Serbia and Lithuania have over the United States that they really or won't be able to really handle at times. And we have to see how the Tatum injury is gonna affect everything. I mean, as far as I know, it's it's just an ankle sprain. But knowing that the tra- training camp is literally like three weeks away, I wouldn't think he would really push it. If it was something that he could play through, maybe. But if he's feeling discomfort and pain, like I would not push it. Like you just, it's too much to lose. You don't want to be losing the guy in preseason just for uh, an international tournament. It doesn't make any sense. The most important thing is for him to be healthy for training camp and, you know, the preseason. So if I'm Brad Stevens or I'm Jason Tatum, I'm 
thinking about that more than really trying to, you know, get, you know, really, it's not the Olympics. It's, you know, but it is a big tournament, but it's not the Olympics. It's really not everything. So if I was him, I wouldn't push it. If it's causing discomfort, you know, you're really putting stress on that ankle. I would I would sit out. You know, it's going to be tough either way, whether he's playing or not. Uh, you got some really tough, tough teams that are waiting for them. So we'll we'll see how how they go. We'll see how they match up against those teams. But uh, so yeah, well, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Um, the next segment, we're gonna definitely really get into, like I said, that college basketball um, top ten. 8 through 10, we're going to get into that, as well as we're going to get into the uh, my top players for the um, the top 100 for the class of 2020 in New England, 60 through 80. We're going to get into, like, maybe five of those players. Obviously, I'm going to post the, that portion on the website for you to see, but I'm just going to give you a taste of it right now, just the, just five players that, that stick out to me as, like, you know, guys that, you know, could be getting scholarship offers before you know it. I just think they really stick out to me. So we'll get into that in the next segment. All right. You listen to the Rims and Nets Pockets. You're Rob Morris. Your host, Rob Morris. We'll be right back. <laughs> 